back when I got out, when I got released from prison, I was six months, I was six months sober, six months into this journey. I heard sober curious from people around me who loved me. I chose not to listen, but it wasn't the first smack in the face, let's say that. Welcome to the show that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their choice to not drink. I'm Kate Madry, and I'm so happy you're here. Sobriety is like a thumbprint, and just like your skincare routine or your self-care routine, everyone's sober care routine is very different. By the end of each conversation, you'll leave with a little bit more insight to help guide you while building your sober care routine. This is a clear-headed podcast. This conversation was with Jay Chase. He's a motivational speaker, he's a coach, he is sober, and he has his own podcast called Don't Touch My Mindset. I was a guest on his podcast and was so curious about him. I feel like I ended up asking him more questions than he asked me, so I had to have him on. This conversation is short, sweet, and will leave you really motivated. I'm so excited to have you here. And I think we've just become such fast friends. I feel like I can learn so much from you. I feel like your journey that we'll dive into, I don't even know. I mean, this is truly an episode where we're really going to get curious with you and curious about your unique journey to where you came from and then all of the amazing things that you're doing to help other people continue to soar and get to where they are going. So I think we'll just start with like the off the top question that we ask everyone, which is if you could time travel a little bit for me and go back to your reevaluation of your relationship with alcohol, what was that moment like when you realized that it wasn't serving you anymore? Have you ever taken an open book test but didn't know where to find the answers? Yeah. <laughs> um, that moment of clarity was kind of like, what am I doing, dude? I got the answers right in front of me. So a little context, I woke up in a jail cell. I didn't really make a choice to decide if I wanted to travel down this road it was made for me and um and I'm like yo you're doing life wrong you're doing life wrong I woke up in a jail cell I didn't have a bond I didn't get released for like six months later I ended up going to prison and I was like yo all of this is because of my actions my decisions and my relationship with alcohol and so it it felt like taking a test of life which is an open book answer tests and I didn't have the answers or nowhere to find it and I was so lost and um that time that I spent inside jail then going to prison really helped me evaluate me my relationship with alcohol and what I wanted to go uh moving forward you have such a unique I think why we connect so much uh I don't know if this is like oddly enough but it's because we have such different moments of clarity Mm -hmm. um your situation wasn't really by choice and i and i've talked to other people who that's the case as well and 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 it's just incredible to me that you chose to take that moment and reflect because it's 
probably the hardest road to go down. Did you feel like it was the hardest choice or did you feel like pulled towards that reflection? You know, there's there's two ways that somebody can go when they, they're in a similar situation like that. I'll snap, press the pause button, and get back to doing what we were doing. But I really had to pull the desire to change out of me and the desire to self-reflect and find the root cause of why I was going down this road, why I was making the decisions and drinking the way that I was. When everything in my life, every step that I took, I didn't want to go down this road. Like I've seen it before from my father, from from generational curses before me. I was like, yo, I'm not going to do that. I told myself that when I was 12. Mm-hmm. And fast forward eight years later, there I was. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So 12 plus eight, what is that? 22? <laughs> that's, tw- that's 20. So yeah. like even before the like legal drinking age, you were having this reflection, which I definitely want to get back to that because that's that is incredible to like you learned a very hard lesson very early in your life that process Mm -hmm. that level of responsibility to reflect and put the like um is it onus like onus on yourself like I don't know the responsibility that to take it into your own hands at that young of an age is really really major when you were having all of these reflections, like, and I know I'm, I kind of have the same thing too, where it's like, it's such a tailored answer now because we have the tools and we have the vocabulary and the wording to say trigger and reflection and all of this stuff. But when you're in it, it seems really messy and like not super perfect. And then to have that coupled with being in jail, how did you like, seek the resources or was it all internal and like did you I hope this isn't being too wordy it's just it's so incredible like did you understand while you were having these realizations and this determination the incredible uniqueness of that level of understanding not at all not at all I was so confused like hey like let me tell you, I I was so there was such a v- array of emotions from anger to confusion, guilt, shame. At this point, I've had somebody judge me and tell me that I was guilty of the things that I did, so I had to go deal with the shame of doing those things and forgive myself. Which is, I mean, I completely understand. I get it, but it's the fact that it was so hard and I had no clue. I just gave up. I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna give this to my higher power." Um, there's a reason why I'm here, and I tried it my way, and it didn't work. I'm done digging my rock bottom. Wow. There is like a lot of emotional freedom of like giving up. I mean, I wish, what's another, how do we rebrand giving up into like a positive way? Because sometimes giving it over, I don't know, handing it off, like you actually didn't give up by setting it down and trying stop. When you stop trying to manage something you understood you couldn't manage, you actually showed up, I think. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I took I took the hard route. You did. It would have been so easy to ignore the signs. It would have been so easy to keep doing what I've been doing. It'd be so easy to get the same results I've always gotten for the past years of my life. 
but I took the hard route and not so much of giving up. Uh, I would say I released control. Like I was trying to do things my way. I was trying to do things like how I saw fit to the best of my knowledge, to the best that I knew at the time. And it, it, it didn't work. And so it's like, yo, okay, let's surrender. Let's release control. Let's try something a little bit different. And let's see, like, Jay, you've been living this life for five, six years now. Let's see what the next five, six years look like without it. And go deep. Ask yourself why. When you are having all the reflections, what's the timeline on understanding that you need to change? And then getting the opportunity to actually apply that lesson. Like, did you have to sit with this idea that you needed to change for months? And how did you cope with that? Like knowledge of evolution was like on the horizon. This work is coming. What was your prep work mentally for that? That's a heavy question. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, we get into it. Now I you understand it. why I switched to my comfy <laughs> chair setup versus my office chair setup. <laughs> Yes. Um, first part of that question was how long did it take? I would say it took a good three months for help for me to make that decision. Not gonna like I like I cannot sit there and say that oh overnight when I woke up, you know. No, it, like I was I was resistant and hesitant to the person that I could become uh, if I went this totally. way. And I was like and I was like, no, nah, I've been living my best life. I'm making good money. I'm doing the things that I want to do. I'm out, you know, having fun. There's people who like me. There's people who probably miss me right now. And it took me a good, like, three months Had to you the fact ever that- been, like, sober curious before? Had you ever planted those seeds of evolution in your mind with drinking before this situation? Or was this totally a new, huge, like, smack in the face? I heard sober curious from people around me who loved me. Mm. I chose not to listen, but it wasn't the first smack in the face. Let's yeah. say that. Still a hard hit though. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was like, okay, we're done smacking him. We got to punch him yeah. now. <laughs> Life punched me at one time. So you had a three months, which is still like a very, I mean, in the scheme of life, you think about three months, it's a drop in the bucket so long as we're lucky to live a long life right but like um then you have another three months ahead of you after acknowledging or however long you were sitting in a situation of isolation very limited resources limited interaction really just your thoughts like what was that timeline like because I do think that although people aren't in a literal jail, I think the isolation and the self-doubt that people feel or the embarrassment to have these conversations can feel like you're alone and that you're only with your own thoughts questioning or knowing that you need to make a change. Um, Obviously, they're very different situations, but the similarity there is that you were alone, you were isolated. How did you make a game plan without having books apps, community, Google, um, podcasts. I mean, all the tools that we're, we're privileged enough. I'm privileged enough to have the access to all the time. I was privileged enough to have access to it the second that I was thinking about it. 
you didn't have that, mm-hmm. how did you move forward without those resources? What, how did you strategize? Yeah. Um, well, in prison, I was lucky enough, and I say lucky, that I didn't have any of those resources, but I also didn't have the poison in Ooh, either. Yeah, that's a good perspective. Totally. Right? So, like, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't have that choice to run there. So I had that choice to look at myself in the little dirty prison mirror next to the, next to the stall and be like, yo, is this where you want to, is this where you want to go to sleep? Is this what you want to do? Is this the person that you want to sleep next to some old dude in a bed right above you? Like, you don't like, is that what you want? And I really had to get honest with myself. And that's why it took about three months to even ignite that. Like, all right, something has to change. After the fact, when I got out, when I got released from prison, I was six months, I was six months sober, six months into this journey. And so now I don't have the tools. I'm back in real life. Um, I don't like, there was no strategy except for if I look at alcohol, I'm going to go to prison for 11 years. Yeah. Wow. And so I ran far away. Wow. What'd you run to? Um, Myself, isolation, character development. I got out of prison and after being judged, after accepting the shame, the guilt, I um, I had this notion in my head that I just wanted to be a good person. I just wanted to be a good person. I get, you know, crazy thing. I get home, and um, I, I think I've shared this with you before I share it with the audience. I get home, I, and we're in the 21st century. What's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to grab our cell phones, right? I grab my cell phone. I grab the social media accounts. I'm logging into Snapchat. I'm logging into Facebook. I'm logging into Instagram. I'm logging in. All, oh, I'm like, yo, all right, people miss me. Let's get back to the grind. Maybe they'll still accept me without the alcohol. You know, I'm thinking about this. Not a single person reached out to me in those six months. Not a single person from the first night that I drank or from the last night I drank to the first day that I got out, not a single person reached out to me. One, that must have meant that I was drinking alone and being an ass. And two, nobody missed that version of myself. Nobody missed that version of me. So I put it on me to become a good person. And so the only strategy that I used was be better than I was and create somebody that somebody's going to miss. Wow. That's an incredible uh, perspective to have. How did you get there? Like, I mean, obviously, I also just want to acknowledge the fact that your whole experience so far has been loaded with feelings Mm -hmm. that the average person doesn't have to feel. The hurt, the guilt, the judgment, the isolation, like, and we talk so often on this podcast about how you're not getting sober to get numb. You are going to feel a lot of feelings. You got to get familiar with what those feelings look like for you, how you can act on them. So it's intimidating, like just anger, sadness to somebody who's getting it from like, I'm angry that my partner didn't text me back in a time. I mean, you're having like that, those feelings, the possibility of those feelings on a major scale. What like, and then for your, for your friends to not have missed that version of you, like that is such a, um, evolved way to look at it. But I know that I'm sure that wasn't how it was, how you felt at first. And like, how did you move through those feelings and like, did you read books? Did you journal? Like, what did you get to work out those feelings to get this clear perspective that ultimately has motivation under it? 
that you can be somebody mm. that people miss. Yeah, absolutely. That's a phenomenal question. Thank you. Um, journaling is my number one, my number one. Like I, I go through three journals before 6 a.m. And that's that's a, a spiritual journal, a mental journal, and then a daily task cool. journal. And I keep them separate to just make sure that I'm interweaving connected on a mental, spiritual, and physical level. But I journal so much to get to know who I am. And like the only thing that saved me, honestly, honestly, is going to be personal development. Being able to look at who I was and who I wasn't and who I was trying to be for other people to fit in where my personality wasn't naturally celebrated. And so I had to make that adjustment. And what I did was go inward on that journaling personal development. Um, and then one book saved my life and gave me a, a complete new perspective on everything. It led me to forgiving my father and my sister and my mother and my other sister and my other sister. But it was the four agreements. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And I was like, if I cling to those things, I'll be the best person that I know. Gosh, that's so epic. I have that book and I need to read it. Right now, as soon as we pillars. like podcast over. Go it read sounds it. like really good <laughs> pillars to build a new life on and a new understanding and a new way to go back to the why when you're feeling really lost. Because I think, I mean, I can't even imagine how lost or misguided or without direction you probably felt navigating this entire new being life on so many levels but what I know about you too is one you're so resilient I think we can all agree from even just this short combo so far and I've talked to him before and I know I mean I just know you just ooze resilience um and it's really an honor to like witness but what you. you have done is taken what you faced within yourself which is acknowledgement communication how you phrase things to yourself how you process things and turned it into a resource to help other people I mean you'd go through three journals a day I'm I know that you know that words have impact and how you word things have impact so I want to just Talk about, like, tell me about where you are now and where you pivoted your purpose to and your energy and your drive. Oh, wow, man, I love that. Um, well, where I am now, I, I am living the life that I thought I was living uh, six years ago, and, it, and it's truly the best life I am. Um, what I'm doing now, I am a recovery speaker, long-term recovery coach, um, podcaster, and um, I just want to help other people. So what I actually did was take the tools that helped me in recovery and, and really honed in on like what was it that helped me, and I, I created a, a disc influence recovery. So the disc assessment actually helped me see who I was and who I wasn't when I, when I mentioned that earlier about my personality. And... I was able to study that, find out things about me, how I'm motivated, how, I'm commu how I communicate with the world and how the world communicates with me and give me such a deeper understanding of who I am and how 
to maneuver this human experience. Um, I took that, my journaling, and everything that I've been through and everything that I've had to do when it comes to reshaping my mind, reshaping my environment, my people, places, and things, and I've, I've packaged that all together. And now I actually um, teach character development and treatment centers around America. It's so incredible. Communication is really, I think, if you can understand communication first with yourself like you had to do because you just had yourself and I do think it's the most important talk is with yourself before anything else if you can know how to speak to yourself which means you understand why you're speaking to yourself the certain way or what's your intention with why are you so you know timely or why are you impatient or why are you this or why are you that I think those conversations get easier when you understand that they are conversations, you know? So it's it's phenomenal what you're doing. I want to end this conversation with asking you a little bit about your sober care routine. And if you could pinpoint like your non-negotiable in your sober care routine, what is that? non-negotiable first thing in the morning relationship with my higher power something that's bigger than me the bigger picture relationship with the bigger picture and spend time with it and like I said I I go through three journals first thing in the morning that is non-negotiable for me my relationship with the bigger picture and what's what's outside of me is so important for me to develop me if that absolutely absolutely makes sense i again am so honored to witness all that you've done all Mm. that you are going to do Mm. i'm so excited for this next year in your life and uh i need help communicating so i'm taking you up on your (laughs) offer to help me figure out i took the test we got the results we're gonna go over it uh, I'll let you know. Yeah, let's you guys, do it. It'll be linked in the description if you want to head over to his site or take the test. But thank you so much for chatting with me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This has been phenomenal. This has been phenomenal. Thank you. Man, I'm excited. <laughs> for more guidance on building your sober care routine, head to clearheaded.co or follow us on Instagram at clearheaded.co. Ha <laughs> ha.